Happy Friday, theater lovers. This week's guest is Daryl Heater. We talk about how theater began as an easy credit and evolved into so much more, what it's like to handpick a costume from the Stratford collection, and how he and friends are super successful at playing video games to raise money. This blew my mind. Daryl was so patient with my relentless questioning about the video game thing and was so easy to talk to, I just about forgot I was conducting an interview. On with the show. Okay, here we go. So, welcome, Daryl Heater, to Sarnia Famous. Well, thank thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, Uh, happy happy to chat. So this, I was mentioning before we got started, you're in a very professional-looking little setting with a super fancy microphone. Is this like a little recording area for you, or what's going on over there? Yeah, I bought some equipment like a while back just for some recording-type purposes, and I started doing some live streaming a, a while back. Uh, so I, I don't do it a ton anymore, but I, I got all the equipment way back when, and I've still got it now. So it's it's just nice to bust out every so often. Live streaming of what variety? Uh, so I would, I would be streaming mainly video games, yeah. which kind of transitioned into uh, doing like a charity stream for it every yeah. year with Mac, with Max Major to uh, support local children's charities. So That's super rad. What, yeah. which, which video game do you do that with? Uh, so I, a ton of different ones. Just oh, okay. lots of variety. Cool. Like what? Tell me more. I want uh, to know well, okay. Like, like uh, League of Legends is the big one. I've been addicted okay. to League of Legends for like years and it's, it's just not stopping. It's been, I've been playing it for like 10 years and it's just constantly, at least a few times a week, I'm, I'm playing a few <laughs> games of it. So nice. yeah. And I, I've played a lot of like story-based games. There, there's the Telltale series. That's like the, they've done The Walking Dead was the big one that I played and kind of streamed and did some YouTube videos for and cool. that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's super cool. So then, like, you can actually raise money by playing video games? This is so, a real thing? Yeah, so what Max and I ended up doing is we, uh, for years, we locked ourselves in, in the, the Lampton Mall uh, on Black Friday. I think oh we've done God. that. I think we did that for six or seven years now. So we stay there for 24 hours, and we have, like, people can give us in-person donations, or I've, I've set it up so that they can donate online, too, and then, like, their name will pop up on the screen on the screen and whatnot. I, I work in tech, so that kind of stuff was all, like I, I could put that all together for us. So it, it kind of worked worked out nicely that Max is like the radio guy, has a lot of connections in town, can get us some even better audio equipment than what I have. And it, it was just wow. kind of a perfect harmony there. And funny enough, I met him through the theater. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Wow, so you lock yourself in the mall on of all the flipping days black friday yeah that almost seems dangerous although i Uh, suppose black friday is not as crazy here as it is in the u.s true yeah and it it, it was really busy but we always kind of got stationed right in the middle of like the aisle in in the mall and this this past year we actually switched locations we did it at we did like it was locked in the imperial city the brew house there so we we were locked in the tap room instead of the mall so we're kind (laughs) of branching out now and right on yeah yeah so I, a tap room sounds I, I think a little less terrifying it was it was cool. less traffic for sure <laughs> uh so then but okay so you're there for 24 hours so you would be there overnight when the mall is closed yes what's that like really quiet and often they they have the the christmas music already playing so <laughs> 
like, we're listening to Christmas music for basically 24 hours. They don't and shut it's it like, off? Oh, no. God. No, no, no. But, I mean, we usually have the games and stuff loud enough that we stop noticing it after a while. But, okay. yeah, every so often you're like, oh, that's still playing. Um, and then, yeah, you've got the cleaners that come in overnight, and they've got one that the guy, like, rides on that, that scrubs the floor and everything. Like and a it's Zamboni so loud. kind of thing? Yeah, it's basically a Zamboni for the mall floor. <laughs> So that thing will drive by, and it's so loud. And we're like, if anyone's watching here at 3 or 4 a.m., we're sorry for about how, how loud it's about to get. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then, like, uh, I have a very overactive imagination. But I'm thinking, like, is it spooky at all? Um, I don't find it overly spooky. I think some of the people that we've, that we've brought in over the years have, have had their thoughts. And, like, yeah, I don't – can someone walk with me down to the bathroom? Yeah. I don't want to do yeah. it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be yeah. me. That would definitely be me. Uh, so then, okay, so you'd have, you've had guests. Sorry, this is not really theater, but I'm, like, so <laughs> fascinated by it. Uh, so you've had people, like, guests on with you in the past? Yeah, so we, we bring in two other people every year as kind oh, of okay. our players three and four. Uh, okay. Max and I are kind of the, the core duo who organize the whole thing. We do it. We torture ourselves every year. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then we bring in the, the, the two to join us. Okay, and what's the the criteria? Is it just like friends of yours that you've suckered into it kind of thing? Yeah, it's friends we've suckered into and like that we know are a gonna do their darndest to stay up the whole twenty four hours with us. Hence, hence the torture, uh, yeah. and also that we we're pretty sure we'll have some good banter with and we'll be entertaining on the stream because it we do want to be entertaining as well because we want people to tune in and kind of support what we're doing. So. So is there a point in that 24 hours where, like, things get weird? Because people are overtired, maybe uh, the dialogue changes a little bit. It's like 3 or 4 a.m. for me. I think the wall's a bit different for everyone, but it's generally close to that. And then everyone just kind of gets quiet for a little bit. And then people will start just getting up and taking a walk to make sure you don't you don't fall asleep. Fall asleep. And then yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> and then the odd time we've had a, a, a couple people who will just, you'll see the nod kind of start, yeah. and we're like, don't, don't, no, no, get up, walk, do something. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Oh, wild, wild, wild. There's like a little part of me that's like, ooh, and then there's another part of me that's like, <laughs> um, I am a little old lady, like 9 p.m. is my bedtime, and I like being oh, okay, curled yeah. up in my bed. You know, I just had my tea, my kitties are all around me, hubs is next <laughs> to me, time for night night. So yeah, I think uh, I think my wall would be like nine fifteen and then I would get weird. And then uh, you'd be like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe and we should just... send her home. <laughs> Yeah, you just got to wait for the second wind to kick in at that point. It's like, like you guess. do push through, and once you're through the barrier, the, you're like, okay, I can I can do the rest of this now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That, that's fascinating. Okay, we can move <laughs> on with the rest of the interview now. That was okay, that's sure. super cool. I might come back to it, though, as, as questions <laughs> pop up in my brain. I still can't believe that you can, like, make money doing that, and that, like, okay, maybe I'm not done. So are there usually a lot of people that that watch or like the whole yeah. time or do they just kind of clock in here and oh there? yeah people kind of clock in and out if, okay. if people were watching the whole 24 hours like props to them i'm i'm very proud but no people usually just pop in and they'll they'll toss in their donation stick around for an hour or two and watch we do have a, a few people who typically every year they'll be there as much as they can to to watch and hang around or just put the stream on in the background at their house or something but okay 
Yeah. And, okay, so then if you're meant to be playing video games, is there something monitoring so that you're not, like, pretending? Is there, like, a nanny cam or something? So so on on the screen, like, I, I have the overlay set up so that, it, that it's, like, you can see the game, like, takes oh, up most of the screen. Okay, okay. And then down in the bottom, you can, I have the camera of us. Like, you can uh, see us all sitting on the couch and, and gaming. Okay, that sounds familiar. Like, I'm not completely unaware of these things just not super duper aware which is super cool okay anywho might come back to that but we can move on so (laughs) i saw something rotten and it was such a hoot such a hoot uh your character very sweet and very like uh what's the word very romantic and and wistful and um, just very enjoyable, wholesome, wholesome character. <laughs> it was it was a fun role to play. It, like, it really felt like you know uh, everyone else in in the show. Well, not everyone else, but a lot of the others in the show kind of had their moments where it's like, oh, I don't like them. But Nigel's just this sweet, pure. innocent, like pure person. He kind of grounds everyone, and it it was it was really fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. So is that is that akin to your personality, or is that just a, a whole new world for you? Or I yeah, I can relate to Nigel quite a bit. Like yeah. less so the writing part. Like I would not consider myself a writer. I have wrote some things, but I, I don't consider them that great. But yeah, I like I'm a people pleaser. I, I I just want everyone to be happy. I go out of my way try, to try not to ever you know step on anyone's toes or upset anyone. And I'm super awkward which is ni- so Nigel, like, it's, I, there are a lot of, a lot of similarities that I, that I could pick up in that character, for sure. That's kind of nice, isn't it? Then you, you kind of find a home in that character and bring it to life even more with that little extra bit of yourself. In oh, it. yeah, 100%. That's yeah. lovely, that's lovely. And uh, for your costume, I know there was um, some borrowing from Stratford, Yep. Was yours one of the one of the ones that were borrowed? Yeah, yeah. So the one I wore from actually both of my costumes were. It was the one I wore for most of the show was from Stratford. But then like even even the one I had a very quick change at the end where I changed jackets when we went to the New World and that was from Stratford too. So I was mostly Stratford except for the goofy costume I wore during the omelet, uh, <laughs> the musical scene. <laughs> so what was that experience like having having? borrowing those costumes from Stratford for you. It was really cool just to see the detail when it, like they look great even on stage but when you can get up close and see like all of the stitching mm-hmm. and like the fine details that are put into these things and like the hours and hours they must have spent making them you go okay this is this is pretty cool that we're getting to wear stuff of this caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was definitely a new experience for sure. Yeah, I had no idea that that was even a thing that they could do. So I think that opens up some doors, probably having that. For avenue. sure, absolutely, it does. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. So, we're in terms of your costume, did you did you find that you were able to fit into it easily? Did you have any kind of issues with that? <laughs> so the the first one that we got for me, I, I put it on, and like I think the sleeves made it maybe halfway down my forearm and I was like I don't know that this is gonna work and then I would like try to like move my hands in front of me and just felt it really tight in the back and I was I said no I as much as I'd like to I I can't do it um, oh my gosh imagine you split it open or something and you're oh exactly like, right oh I would God. I would have been mortified 
and it, I actually ended up doing some of the, when we did our media night, when we filmed the videos and stuff for the promo videos, I wore one of the tighter jackets for that. And by the end, like just around like my armpits basically were totally raw. And I went, oh. no, I can't wear uh-uh. this for like X amount of performances. However many we did. I was like, I can't like, I will just be torn to shreds exactly. by, by the time it's done. Oh, so God. like the first we, night would probably be okay. And then yeah. the second night it would be like, owie. And then after that, it'd be like just excruciating every. Yeah. Oh, oh. We ended up finding awful. one that, that, that worked. Uh, I went actually with, with Brent and Jackie. We, we had to take some things back to Stratford anyway. So Jackie was like, do you want to come along? And we'll just find one for you while oh, we're cool. there that for sure fits. And I was like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's yep, do yep, that. Yep. So went along, found it, found a good one and then had a happy ending. That's cool. So what was that? What was that like? Like, I, I'm, I'm picturing, again, my overactive imagination, like this grand wardrobe of everything you could imagine. You're not far off. Their warehouse is incredible. Yeah. It's it just feels like it goes and like doesn't stop. And then you see all of the costumes. But then the other side of the warehouse is like all the props and set decor and stuff. And so we kind of like peaked. Of course, yeah, right? We're like, we're like, we we gotta see what's here, and it's just anything you can think of. Like, oh, cool. it it's it never ends. And then I guess upstairs they've got like a whole armory of oh, that. Cool. Like, uh, so we didn't get to see that, but just even even the floor that we did get to see, it's yeah. it's gigantic, and they've got tons and tons of costumes from all different eras and uh, styles. Oh my goodness. So yeah. you mentioned that you guys peaked a little bit. Maybe you weren't weren't supposed to, but what about <laughs> uh, like I I would think it would take incredible self control not to be like digging through and <laughs> yeah. like throwing random things on, trying on. Oh, that looks nice. I want to try this on. Did you have that experience, or were you just very? Uh, we were fairly like focused on just you know we would only touch the things that we were like okay well this work for for what we need. And they're actually really, really nice there and very chill about everything. They're like, no, go and look at whatever you want. Get so, out. like, it was fine that we kind of went and peeked at, at the other stuff. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we anything that we, we touched were things that we legitimately figured that we, we might end up using just to get a closer look and see, like, sizing and stuff like that. Okay. Um, we behaved ourselves for the most part. Good for you. I feel <laughs> like the, I would be a five-year-old and... Yeah, you'd be dragging me out of there. I'd be so excited. So some of you. the some of the military uniforms that we saw, Brent and I were like, we gotta, we should try those on and take pictures. <laughs> <gasps> yeah! Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, so I'm um, pitching this. Maybe you need to do like a gaming thing in the costume room, and then it's not Ooh. actually gaming. You're just locked in there for 24 hours trying on costumes and stuff. I feel like we could kill 24 hours in that uh-huh. particular warehouse, 100%. I don't even think that I would hit the wall at 9.15. I think I would even make it to, like, midnight in that Whoa. circle. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Get okay. wild. We found the solution. If we there ever we bring go. you on board, we just need a costume rack in the background. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Stratford, if you're listening, as if they would be, but, oh, my God, imagine if they were... This is a thing that would be really super cool. Uh, lock us in your costume place for 24 hours. Please and thank you. Yeah, we won't touch anything. No. Best <laughs> behavior the whole time. For <laughs> sure. For sure. 
So uh, a question, selfishly, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people. And uh, I think it's just because it's entertaining and super relatable. Have you ever had any kind of wardrobe malfunctions in your theater experience? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, it took me a second. But oh, I'm, yes, I can't I have. wait for this. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anyone who saw this particular performance immediately knows what my answer is. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, it, it was one of, I don't know if it was opening night, but it was one of the first nights of Rock of Ages in 2016. There's a moment uh, where I start singing Hit Me With Your Best Shot. And I'm wearing a suit that I have to just tear off. Like it's, oh it's just goodness. a tear off. And underneath I'm wearing like pink tights and like a, oh. a, like a sparkly unitard, like basically just some <laughs> very fluorescent eighties workout looking gear is what it comes <laughs> down to. And I went to tear it off and everything came off except for one leg, which had somehow managed to loop itself around my leg probably five or six times of the suit you mean yeah of the suit yeah okay i thought you so, meant like everything oh. everything came off except one leg of like your oh no 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 thing and that no. okay <laughs> no no so everything every part of the suit came off except the pallet okay <laughs> uh which was very very wrapped around my leg and because i think it was velcro to start and then we changed it to snaps i think that was the fix but because it didn't come undone, I had to get it pulled off over my shoe because oh. it, because of it being so wrapped around, I couldn't peel the Velcro open. So I'm literally hopping up and down on one leg. <laughs> and, and I had actually had the conversation with our drummer beforehand. I was like, if this happens, I just need you to drum roll and don't stop. <laughs> because solo. he already does a drum roll there anyway. So I was like, just keep going because I've got a funny feeling something gonna is going to happen, happen and I'm yeah. going to need you to buy me some time. Yeah. So it felt like two minutes of me hopping up and down on one foot while I got this, this thing off. Oh my uh, it, was, it was probably more like 20 or 30 seconds. But um, <laughs> when it finally did come off, I'm trying not to laugh. I can hear <laughs> the audience howling yeah. laughing. And when it when I do get it all off, it's just there's a moment of applause. Yeah, yeah. And I just like had to sit there, take a breath, and then start singing my next note. Like, I was very I didn't break I don't think, but I was very close. Oh wow! I yeah, good on you for not breaking like that. I'm glad that you had that drum option though, because I'm just yes. in my mind I was picturing you hopping up and down, still trying to sing that song, <laughs> and it it might change the dynamic of the tune. Just a little bit? A little bit. A little <laughs> bit, for sure. Super funny. It's funny that you had, like, that premonition that you knew, this might happen, I better come up with a plan. Yeah, and I don't remember if I had had something happen prior, like, if I had been having trouble with it before. But, yeah, it was just a feeling I had, and I was like, in the event that it happens... Mm -hmm. I want to I want to have a plan in place. Like yeah. and I, and I think that's just a thing in general I try to do in any show I do is if there's a moment where I know that okay this could possibly go wrong what's my backup plan. Mm -hmm. And it paid off there. Yeah, for no, sure. no kidding. No kidding. Has there been any other any other instances where where that's come into play um, or benefited you having that foresight? I'm sure there has been, but nothing is immediately coming to mind. 
Yeah, nothing. Nothing's okay. popping up right away. If I think of something, you I'll, just blurt it out. You don't yeah, even yeah. have to worry. You just <laughs> right in the middle of another story, even if you have to. Uh, <laughs> Sounds totally good. Fine with me. So then, uh, so having forethought and and considering of or consideration of okay, if something were to go wrong in this particular instance, like what an awesome skill to have. Are you also? Do you feel like you're a good improviser if you don't have that plan in place? Yeah, I've I've run into that. I've had to use that as well. This was actually like the first show I ever did in in high school. I forget exactly what happened, but someone uh, didn't make it on for their cue, mm. and I had to just improvise with my scene partner for. It had to have been close to a minute, mm-hmm. and and we're just improving on stage, and I'm running out of ideas. We're we're playing two like mobsters in the show who are trying to <laughs> to case a place. Okay, and so. It ended up, I just started going like, well, if no one's coming, why don't we just start stealing stuff? <laughs> so like I'm grabbing stuff from the table and the set and like shoving it in my pockets. <laughs> and like, so yeah, I've had to do that before. And I have done a bit of improv even like outside of moments where I shouldn't be doing improv. Like I've done a few improv shows and whatnot. So oh, fun. yeah, I've got that. I got that toolkit when I need it as well. Well, that that is that is handy to have. So, t- tell me more about the the improv element. The show. Did you say you were in improv shows? Yeah. So I've done a, a couple. A, a few friends and I. We. This was. I don't remember what year this would have been, but we we did we did a little uh, sketch squatch comedy group for a little bit, and then we did. I think only like one or two shows ended up happening of it, but we did we did one at the library, and it, it was a blast. It was just something fun and different. We were like. Okay, we, let's let's change it up a bit. Let's try something else. Uh, and then I had there was an improv team in high school too, so I was I was in there every chance I got doing stuff with with the improv team in high school too. Nice, that is definitely a good a good tool to have for sure. Because mm-hmm. like you say, like somebody doesn't come out on the stage, a minute doesn't seem like a long time until you're the one that's on the stage trying to fill it with whatever comes to your brain. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And perhaps people in the audience don't fully recognize or, or you know, if, if it's done well enough, you hope that they don't recognize that for a full minute, you guys were just completely off script trying to figure something out. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so it sounds like then you've been doing theater for a very long time. Yeah. So it started grade nine. I took uh, I'll be honest. Sorry if my drama teacher's listening. Uh, I took drama as an easy credit in grade nine. Nice. I was like, uh, I'm terrible at like visual art and like drawing anything like that. I had had no prior music training. I was like, oh, drama sounds easy. Like that'll be an easy credit. Uh, and so I did it. And then Dan Dumay uh, at Northampton was my was my drama teacher at the time. And he he pulled me aside one day and was like, I think there's something here. I'd like you to audition for the show this year. Nice. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I was the most awkward, shy, like, kid at this point. And I, so I was hesitant, but I went out and did it. And he cast me in a supporting lead in the show that year. And I was like, you're, you're nuts. I've never <laughs> done anything like this before. Okay, I'm glad you've got faith. But now, like, I can't thank him enough because it completely changed my life. Since then, it was like after, after high school, I got a summer job based in Sarnia here it was kind of like a traveling performance group it was called the land to main street players i met some some great people doing that including uh my friend sarah joy who's now like to this day still one of my best friends 
And then she connected me to the kind of the musical theater scene in town. And yeah, I started doing shows with Diversion Entertainment back in 2011. Uh, I started with Rent. We did, we did Rent in 2011. Uh, and then it's just kind of grown from there. Like I, I, got, I got connected with Theater Sarnia through, you know, kind of mutual people there. Started doing shows with Theater Sarnia. I think my first was Spamalot. And then, yeah, it, it all kind of culminated in, I ended up with a few partners opening like a black box theater in town here for a, a few years until oh, wow. COVID shut us down. Oh, but no. yeah, it's theater became like a huge part of my life for sure. Yeah. It went, so which black box theater? Was uh, it was called uh, Theater 42. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. And is so so COVID got in your way. Is there, is there plans for maybe revitalizing that or it was time to say goodbye to it? I, I'm never going to close the door on it. It's something that I'm still passionate about. I really believe in giving people more opportunities to perform and express themselves. Mm -hmm. And like the more people in our community that are able to do that, the better. So if we can find, if we can, somehow come up with a way to do open up another small performance venue that's super accessible to everyone i'd love to do it but as far as right now it's like i don't know if i've recharged the batteries enough because i sunk so much like so much of myself into it and it was it was exhausting but it like it was so fulfilling too yeah but as for right this minute no i don't think it's in the cards I'd, i'd like to i'd like it to be a thing eventually though well, that is, that's such a good way of looking at it. Like, I'm not completely closing the door, but you know yourself well enough to know this isn't the right time for it. Right. So, and, and it sounds like you know yourself well enough to know that when that right time comes, you'll be like, yeah. okay, let's do this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, and I think I'll know the moment. Like, I, I feel like something will happen and, I, and I'll, I'll see an opportunity or an opportunity yes. will come knocking. It'll always happen when I least expect it. And yep. then... Uh, if, if that does happen, I'll be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's explore it. See, see what we can do. Yeah. It's, it's just, I, I do miss it because it just allowed me to do more things that I wanted to do. Like I, I, if, if I had any idea, I could just be like, yeah, we can try and do this here in a space that I'm a part owner of. Like it's still weird to think of. Right. That sounds kind of dreamy, actually. You know, it was really no, cool. There's no limits. You can do yeah, whatever the heck you want. It was a really cool few, few years, yeah. And, yeah. and there's still so many ideas that I've got that never mm-hmm. never came to fruition because we had to close the doors. Right. It was, it was just the timing was so terrible because when COVID hit, we were coming up on having to renew our lease. And it was oh. like, yeah, we can't. Yeah, no. Uh, oh we don't God. know what these next few years are going to look yeah. like. So, yeah. Oh, it was man. Just, it was just so unfortunate, but yeah, that's life. Yeah, like, exactly. It, it just it just wasn't the right timing. It it sucked to to start with, um, and I and I ended up realizing around that time too. I was like, okay, I'm doing too much. Like I'm really burnt out. I was still doing doing shows all the time and trying to mm. to run the theater and being there most weekends and stuff. And I was like, I was burnt out, mm-hmm. and it might have been a blessing in disguise that that this all happened and it gave me time to just no one was doing anything for two years. Yeah. I was able to kind of bounce back and, and now I'm, I'm just much more conscious about mm. how many projects I'm taking mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I know going forward, I'm going to be a lot more picky yeah. uh, just for my own sake, because I don't want to be that burnt out again at all. No, no, no. That's such a really 
great way of looking at those couple of years that it was that forced time where we had to go, okay, what are our priorities and what do we want to burn out on or not? And how much right. of ourselves do we want to give to these things that we love? Because when you're passionate about it, you kind of forget about that burnout side of things because you want to have every hand in it and, and, yeah. and don't realize that the burnout is coming until it's there and you're going, oh, crap, now what do I do? So it, it, I, that's very relatable. I had a similar experience. Like I, and many people that have been on the show as well have expressed that, that with theater especially, go, 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 get involved in absolutely everything that you can and then completely deplete yourself. Yeah, and, and like there is something to be said about getting involved and doing as much as you can like within your limits because mm. that's the way you're going to sharpen your craft, right? Like I know that I wouldn't be the performer I am today if I hadn't pushed myself and, and done a ton of shows and, and learned so much. Like, And, and there are certain productions in, in particular, like one that immediately comes to mind is when we did 33 Variations. Like that whole process made me such a better actor uh, because we did have all these adjudications and we did have people, you know, giving constructive criticism and learning from some some huge figures in, in Ontario, like people who have been doing theater for decades. Right. So that was just such a great learning experience. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. So the show was called 33 Variations. Yes. I'm not familiar yeah. with it. Can you tell me more about it? Uh, so it it followed uh, kind of two uh, different timelines. Uh, one was kind of in present day. It was about a, a woman dealing with ALS Ooh. and slowly kind of deteriorating. While in the past, we had uh, Beethoven, who was slowly starting to go deaf. And, and he was also declining. And there were just, it was kind of all about the parallels there. And the woman who was in the present with ALS was researching Beethoven. So she was kind of oh, wow. connecting through Beethoven. And it was just such a beautifully written script. And I got to do it with some of my closest friends, too, which just made it even better. <laughs> so... Right on. That sounds like a difficult topic, though, two, two difficult topics that like ALS and yeah, that just sounds like maybe it would be a little hard on the heart as well. Oh, it was. It was a very emotionally heavy show. And, and there were moments where the, the tears just start uh, like in the middle of a scene. And it's like, yeah, no, this is emotional. This is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing it right. We're connecting with it. And of course, I, I kind of played the, the comedic relief. Like, I was the one who would... Well, no, I wasn't the only one. I can't say that. <laughs> but I had a lot of it, which is kind of a thing for me. Yeah, like, generally... And I, and I love doing it, so I can't complain. I'm generally <laughs> comedic relief. So it was nice to kind of be the, the person to break that tension yeah. a little bit and give the audience a moment yeah. to breathe. And your fellow so actors, nice to too, I would no, say. No, I am the fellow actors, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. you were saying adjudication. So was this a, a show that went to through the festival system? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So so this we went to the Western Ontario uh, Drama League first, and then we ended up moving on to Theatre Ontario after that. Yeah, we had two different two different festivals that we went to with various workshops and stuff that we that we could go to, and two different adjudications from different adjudicators, and and both of them were so insightful, and because of the amount of experience they have, just getting to impart some of that wisdom onto us it was yeah. just it was amazing it was great that'd be super cool uh so yeah. what, what kinds of things were you were you learning that was it specific to the play itself or was it more honing your individual skills 
A little bit of both. And, and, and just finding ways, like there was one particular scene that felt, it felt sort of, I don't remember if it was static was the, the term that he would have used, but I believe what happened was he just ended up having a stand and then do like a walk in a circle. And it was just, he's like, this is, it's just a little something like this. You, you can try to add a bit more of a dynamic to this scene and then uh, encouraging just using the different voice qualities in your acting, different tones, different registers, like, because when, when you, it's, it's insane how much a change in your voice can have an impact on a line, right? Like it it can just make it hit so much harder and it's just a slight change in your inflection. So yeah, they, they really, they got down to the nitty gritty kind of stuff like that. Right on. That would be so fun. Like, like you say, honing your craft. Yeah. What an opportunity yeah. to have. Yeah, I, w- I would have loved for it to, to last even longer than yeah. it did. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, I just wanted it to be a sponge that whole time. I'm like, yeah, give, give me the knowledge. I'll take it. <laughs> I think I'd be the same way because it, it, you don't know how many opportunities in life you're going to get to have all of that knowledge imparted on you. Yeah, for sure. And at, at that point, I kind of knew that I wanted to direct eventually as well. Mm. So anything that came up as far as like, potential things for direction i'm also in the back of my mind going yeah okay, file that okay well, <laughs> noted noted <laughs> right on so directing then tell me about that part of your world oh so uh i started with it was a small uh comedic play uh, i i did a part of the complete works of william shakespeare abridged wow. uh for for diversion entertainment and it was Romeo and Juliet. So we did Romeo and Juliet from the complete works of Shakespeare abridged, which was just an insanely farcical comedy with uh, Shane Davis, Brent Wilkinson and, and Mike Hillier on stage, changing costumes constantly. Like I even had them change their costumes just on stage behind a little barrier <laughs> so that it was even funnier. And we just had so much fun. They took every direction I possibly could have given them and, and ran with it. And it was a really creative process. So that was really cool. And then I ended up, I ended up uh, directing Legally Blonde in 2018 for, oh, for Theater Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was really cool. And it was, the scale of, of that show was crazy. I, I knew it was going to be a lot, and then I got into it, and I'm like, this was a lot <laughs> for my, like, my first musical I'm going to direct. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to put in everything I've got into this. Uh, and do the absolute best that I can with, with the tools at my disposal. And I, that, again, it was a crazy learning experience. I, I learned so much doing that. At the same time, I definitely find that directing is, is a lot more taxing on, on myself because there's just so many different aspects that I have to think about, not just the acting and my character. Uh, so it's something that I think I'll do a lot more sparingly than acting. But yeah, I definitely want to do it again. And I definitely think that I'd like to do a comedy. Yeah. I'd like to do like a, a full length comedy at some point soon, hopefully. Comedy has always been kind of my bread and butter. Yeah. So I feel like going going to a comedy, uh, doing a full length comedy and, and scaling down a bit from Blonde will be like a nice breath of fresh air and mm-hmm. be like, okay, let, mm-hmm. let's, see what's, let's see what we can do with this. So what was it about Legally Blonde? Like, did you choose that? Uh, so... I knew I wanted to direct a musical, and I'm uh, really great friends with Jackie Burns, 
And I was just talking to her one time and I was like, Jackie, do you have any show that you've just been dying to choreograph? And she thought for a second and she's like legally blonde. And I went, okay, let, let me, let me go look into it and see. And I, I went home and I, and I watched it because it was all available on YouTube. So I, I watched the whole thing and I was like, this show is so much fun. And like, I can see, I can see so many things in here that we could have fun with. And it's a show that uh, showcased a, a lot of women. And we, and it was something that I had been wanting to see more of. I was like, I, I want a, a show that showcases our women in town. So that, that checked that box too. And I was like, and Jackie's going to choreograph for me. Okay. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. I'll put in the proposal. <laughs> so I put in the proposal and uh, I, I guess they looked it over and they were like, no, I guess, yeah, this show could, could fit for what we're, we're looking for this season. And away we went. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, I was bummed out that I missed that show. So having yeah. watched, I'm assuming on YouTube, you were watching um, other productions of it. Right? So yeah, it, it was mainly there was one. I think they they must have done a live recording and and broadcast it on M- MTV way back oh, when. Oh wow, okay. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of like the Broadway uh, production and just seeing what they did with it. That that kind of gave some inspiration, but like at the same time, I was like, I don't want to copy exactly mm. what they're doing, right? But it, it was enough for me to go, oh yeah, this is this is a fun show. People will really enjoy this. I think it, it it'll be a, an audience pleaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it it felt like something that I that I would be able to. There was there was enough comedy too, that I that I was like I, I can put my flair on that. And there were, I just saw enough things in it where I'm like yes, this is this is a, the right show for me. This is the right musical to start with. Let like let's do it. That's what I was gonna ask. Is um, having watched it before you decided to do it, what you kept from that vision that you watched and what you changed you mentioned the comedy element and adding your flair to it can you elaborate a little bit more on that it was just any any chance i got for the comedic moments in the show i'd really try and work with with the cast as far as different timings we could try different inflections different body movements and it's just okay let's let's figure out what feels the best like to both of us because that's the the kind of director i want to be is i'll give a general like framework of what i want but i want the the actor to be able to put their flair on it too Mm -hmm. and if and if there's there's something i don't like then we then i'll address it and be like okay i don't quite like this let's try it this way instead and see what you think Mm -hmm. uh so i really like it to be like kind of a give and take a give and take dynamic with all with the whole cast seems yeah. like the right way to go because then everybody's giving their input and they're not feeling like you know smushed down by your vision and who knows like two heads are better than one type thing mm-hmm. they might come up for with sure something. what whether what other things do you think made your production of legally blonde unique hmm that's a great question i think the way we did the sets was really cool. We we had started getting the the air casters and stuff at, at this point that allowed us to move mm. some of the, the the bigger set pieces. But again, it it was fairly close because of the different locations that you just had to have. It that that still would have been similar to what they had in the Broadway production. I think I think the energy level that our our cast brought to it because we we did have like a, a good amount of young people in the cast too. I think that was something that could have been very unique to us because it was just, there was so much energy that at times it was like, oh, okay, we might actually have to like <laughs> dial it back a little bit. And just having their perspective on, on the show allowed us to kind of 
look at it from a different viewpoint as well and, and sort of shape it in a, in a way that they that made them happy as well. Yeah, that's what, yeah. immediately what I thought of when you mentioned energy. When you're engaging everybody on that level, it, it would change the level of investment and naturally the energy would come through for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So what else, what are you thinking about directing? Can you Can you tell me? Um, there's, this is the problem. There's nothing that right now that is immediately screaming at me mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to direct this. Mm-hmm. Th- there are some that I I think I'd like to do at some point. Like I've always liked the odd couple. I, I think that'd be a, a lot of fun to di- direct. And then there are certain musicals as well that I, that I kind of have my eye on. Uh, but again, with musicals, it's tough because well, with anything, it's tough. Because a lot of the shows that I think I would want to direct, there are also roles that I'm like, oh, but yeah. I might want to like be in it. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, like a perfect example of this is the Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Okay. Um, there's. I, I think I'd have a blast directing that show, but there's also a role where you play every single member of the family who's being murdered. Oh my god. I think it's, I think it's the. Dicequith? I think that's how they pronounce it. The Dicequith family. And so you're playing all of these different characters and it's just hysterical. And I'm like, but I want to crack at that role. Yeah. I want to be able to like, see if I can maybe land that and have a ton of fun with it. So it's, it's a crazy balancing act that I'm constantly having to, to fight with. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I have no inkling at all whatsoever for the backstage stuff or the stage managing or the directing or anything. So I have no concerns about that. But I can totally see how, like, if your heart is in both parts of it, how difficult it would be to choose, especially if you really like a show. Yes. Because you can't just jump up and be like, no, I'm going to do this part, okay? And then run back to doing your directorial duties. That would be, talk about burnout. You would just be Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and funny enough, another one that's always kind of been on my radar was Clue but for both directing and potentially being a part of. And now they announced it. I'm like, well, well that solves that problem. Decision for me. made. Don't have <laughs> yeah. to worry. Oh, exactly. Right so yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I end up going out for clue. Like it's, it's a show I've always wanted to do. So I'm, I'm seriously thinking about going out for auditions and seeing what happens. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about that one too. I, I think that'd be a super fun show. Um, oh, it'll be a riot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking about it as well. There's, there's so many characters, like at least on the on the female side of things. I don't really remember the male characters right now, but all the female characters are unique and would yes. be super fun. Is that the same for the guys? I can't, I just can't remember. I remember, is it Tim Curry? That yeah, character. Yeah, so he, he plays the butler. Right. And then you've got Professor Plum, right. Colonel Mustard, Mr. Green. I remember the names, but I can't remember, yeah. you know, but they're all unique. And they, they do kind of have their own personalities for sure. Yeah. So do you already know which one you want or you're kind of like, ha! oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'd be going up for Mr. Green 100%. Yeah. OK. Right on. Yeah. The the moment I saw that show year or that show, that movie years ago, I was like, oh, Mr. Green would be a really <laughs> fun role to play. So, yeah, I've kind of got my eye on that a little bit. Right on. For sure. Right yeah. on. Um, I had coffee with Ruth the other day, and yep. uh, she was talking to me about it, and she sent me the script. And I haven't looked at it yet because I'm, like, excited. And I'm, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm just too excited, and I have to, like, calm myself down a little bit before I start reading it. But I think that would be super fun. 
Yeah, but but also like the audition anxiety. Right. Like, uh, uh, that is the worst. It doesn't matter how many times I audition for shows, it is by far the most anxious I will ever be in a theater environment. Nothing comes close. Thank you for saying that because I thought it was mostly just me. I remember auditioning for Wizard of Oz and like I memorized the monologue they asked me to do. And like yep. the whole time I was holding it and it was shaking and I'm like, I know this, I don't need to look at the script, but I was so scared and freaked out. I knew all the yep. people sitting uh, like in the panel or whatever it's called. I knew them all. It's not as though they were strangers to be afraid of, but it is so much more anxiety. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so much scarier? Well, I think, I think you go in really wanting something. Yes. I think you, you go in that you're like, I really want this particular role, yeah. or I just really want to be a part of this production. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're like afraid that there's a chance that that won't happen. And also you, you are being critiqued. Mm. Like at, at the end of the day, you're, you're being judged and they're going to decide whether they, they want you in their yeah. cast or not. Yeah. Um, but that, that's also, I think there's an important point to be made here where coming from the other side of the table, sometimes it's not about one person being better than the other. Sometimes it's just these people are both really good, but for this particular role, we think this person is just the right fit. There's nothing wrong with the other person. It's like, no, we just think that this is the, the fit that we need. It's the better fit. That is the pep talk that a person needs before going into that audition process. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> so this has gone by so fast, and I literally say that at every single interview. <laughs> I love one-on-one -on -one conversations, and I get so into it. Uh, but yeah, we're at the point where my laptop could spontaneously come by. Oh, yeah. I always like to try and leave a little bit of time at the end for the individual to talk about something they're passionate about or uh, maybe a, a, a side hustle or just anything at all it does not have to be theater related you can just have this time to talk about whatever your heart desires hmm see yeah that's that's tricky because yeah my brain immediately went to either the kind of the whole the whole charity marathon that's like that's been sort of my side hustle that i do every year but no i i think it's just you can talk more about that if you want to well and I think I also just want to talk more about like how I think theater is just so important. And, and that's partially why I'm, I wouldn't ever close the door on opening a performance venue again is because I know that for me, it totally made me come out of my shell. Mm. Like I am so much better at talking to people yeah. now. Uh, I'm a much better conversationalist. I'm, I'm more confident in my abilities. And I think that, if anyone happens to be listening to this that hasn't already gotten involved in the theater, I think it's one of the best decisions you could ever make. And it doesn't have to be on stage. It, you, can, you can work backstage. You, you can do whatever. There are so many volunteer opportunities, at, especially at the Imperial. They're always looking for various different roles. And it's, you meet so many great people and you pick up so many different skills that I, I can't speak to it enough. It, changed, it absolutely changed my life. <laughs> and it's and I think it can change a lot of people's lives too. It's get out there and, and join the theater, I think is the the message here. Absolutely. Preach. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I'll preach all day. <laughs> all day. Um so back to the video game thing. Yeah, yeah. So, we can talk I can talk video so games much. for hours. We can do that too. Okay. 
the next one, so it's it's always for Black Friday? It's always Black Friday. And where are you guys doing it this year? Uh, I think, I, we haven't really chatted about it yet, but I think we're planning on doing it at Imperial City again this year. Okay. It was a great time last year. They were super accommodating and... It was a it was a comfortable environment, so we're like, yeah, we can we can do it here for a few years. Right on, hundred percent. I need to figure out. <laughs> I I would love to eventually be able to go like do on site interviews for the show. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm like so tech illiterate that I have to figure that out because <laughs> maybe this will like put the fire under my bottom to figure that out because I think that'd be super fun. Uh, to impose myself on your evening and be like, <laughs> oh, talk to me for a few minutes. Yeah, we, we'd love it. Um, and yeah, as far as tech stuff goes, if you ever need any help on that front, it's kind of what I do for a living. You so. might regret saying that to me, friend, because, oh my God, I need all the help in this life for that stuff. Seriously, it might be like, yeah. <laughs> you'll be like dang it why did i ever well what have i done curse it um <laughs> anyway this was super fun thank you so much for making time for me today yeah thanks for having me and uh hopefully we'll get to do clue together oh that'd be super cool that'd be a lot of fun <laughs> awesome well um yeah thank you enjoy your weekend yeah you too okay talk to you later yeah talk to you soon bye okay kids that's all for this week thanks for listening Get ready, Evil Dead fans. Next week's guest is Trevor Morris.